It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Out, we're, we're at the end here, so we've got to get the job done. What did you see from your team in the third period that you can carry into the rest of the trip to get the job done? Yeah. Well, I mean, we pushed. There's no quit in this team. There hasn't been all year, and uh, it was an important point. You know, we've got to go into Calgary, go into Edmonton, win a couple games. That was head coach Pete DeBoer on tonight's post-game show presented by AAA Insurance. Didn't get much there from Pete, but uh, we will discuss what we heard as well as much more from a 5-4 to four victory for the Vancouver Canucks in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas picking up a all-important point. However, when you look at the context of this game and what the Golden Knights are trying to do over the final stretch, uh, you, you wanted to here against Calgary. To help us break this one down, we bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, I, I, let's start with kind of the game overall and certainly the third period, clutch goal scoring there from Shea Theodore. Obviously, that's massive for the Golden Knights to get a point, and it's nice to see Shea heating up and continuing to stay hot down the stretch. Yeah, you just wonder what took the Knights so long to get their game in order. Yeah. Uh, the third period was one in which... Vegas outshot Vancouver 17 to 5 and that is closer than it actually was. You know Vancouver, you know, was stuck on 20 shots for a good chunk of that third period and Vegas got one about 5 minutes or so in from Shea and then they got the other one in the final minute, 6 on 5. Uh, Vegas had a couple of power plays in the third period, one of the reasons why Vancouver didn't get shots, but Vegas failed to capitalize on those power plays. I mean, they're 0 for their last 18. Might have taken some time to figure out because you've added Patch already and Stone back into the mix. I suppose that's fair, but still 0 for the last 18 spanning seven games is not acceptable. And Robin Leonard gave up five goals. That's not acceptable. And that they got a point today is uh, <laughs> they're fortunate that they got a point. But when you give up five goals uh, and you get a point, that's not supposed to happen. So they're fortunate in that. You wonder, as you heard Ashley Vice ask the question to Pete DeBoer, what do you take out of the third period going to the next game against Calgary? I got news for you. The Calgary Flames, they're one of the best teams in the National <laughs> Hockey League, and they came back against Seattle today. I mean, they're at 99 points now. <laughs> they're not going to let you come back the way that Vancouver let Vegas come back today. Uh, that that's just how good Calgary is. They have avoided the injury bug this year, whereas it has bitten the Knights so hard. And uh, the, the, we know the last time the Knights were in Calgary, it was a very one-sided affair, and that simply uh, can't happen. The Knights need to do uh, in in that game. Um, you know, they need to have their best effort the whole contest, which is something you can't say about today's performance. So, and. And I guess the question is, what is it or what has it been over the, f the course of three games against Vancouver that's allowed the Canucks to, to kind of have the Golden Knights number in that Vancouver's been able to execute. They've been able to take momentum in certain aspects of the game, and the Vegas Golden Knights hadn't been able to get on track with that. Yeah, Vancouver's tenacious on the puck, whether it's on the forecheck preventing the Knights from breaking out or if the Knights eventually do get the puck, into the zone or around the blue line, the player with the puck is just swarmed. There were times earlier in the contest where the Knights were making plays without a purpose because there, there were so few options, and that is problematic. When the third period came along, 
the Knights had uh, adjusted in a way that allowed them to create more. Uh, and, and, you know, so often the quick puck recoveries are a sign of the Knights creating offensive looks. Um, you know, they, they had some decent opportunities at five on five. While they got a bunch of shots, how many of those were, you know, high danger chances? I, I'm not sure. The coaches track those kinds of things. Um, they have not uh, been as dangerous as they need to be on, on the power play, as I mentioned. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Vancouver, you know, if a, if a smart coach is looking over today's tape, you're going to see, uh, and, and even the last time Va uh, Vancouver played Vegas, uh, you're going to see um, uh, a, a staunch and tenacious Canucks team preventing the Knights from doing much with the puck. Now, Calgary is a different type of team, different type of team. Um, they're going <laughs> to go out of their way to try to outscore you in a way that Vancouver typically can't. Vancouver got some fortunate goals, and it was playing a certain way because it had a lead, and that's kind of what we saw trickle into the third. So, Dan, you mentioned Robin Leonard just not looking particularly comfortable, at least through the first 50 minutes of the game. It comes up with a couple of big-time saves to allow the Golden Knights to get that game-tying goal, but it begs the question going into Calgary, I, I, I don't know that you go with Logan Thompson in that game against one of the best teams, specifically in the Western Conference, but also the Pacific Division. I, but do you, do you look at kind of the body of work for Robin since his return and, and have the confidence that he's going to be able to find his game or, or the comfort level is there in his game to take on the Calgary Flames? It seems that they've made the choice in Robin getting the go once he was healthy enough. Uh, Ro uh, Logan Thompson just was winning and winning and winning and had yeah. that shutout against Seattle and then the 5-2 to two win against Seattle. And, um, and not to mention the 6-1 to win against Nashville, plus the come-from-behind win in overtime against Chicago. Those were his last four games there. Um, it, it seems that the Knights have made their choice. They're going to live or die with Robin Leonard uh, until there's uh, an available excuse. Now, they play Edmonton on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday, but that's a 1 o'clock game. Uh, could one argue that because it's an earlier start, it makes sense to change up the goalies? It's not quite back-to-back? -back. I, I, I don't know. Um, but then there's the, the, the health gauge. While Robin has played the last three and now today four consecutive games, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the health is an even line. I, I wonder, if, you know, how is he doing, right? Any of these guys who've come back from injury, as Robin has, you wonder from game to game, uh, are, are, how are they doing? I don't know. Um, I, 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 but I, it seems to me that they've, um, they've settled on Robin Leonard as the guy. And uh, unless he gets, you know, just really pummeled, I don't think that they're going to make a change. But um, I, I don't know. You wonder if, if Logan, uh, Logan Thompson's momentum has now been snatched away because he has not played in now 11 days. And it will have been 13 if he were to play against Calgary. He has not played since April 1st against Seattle. Um, so I, I don't know. It'll be a difficult choice uh, to make because he... You, no matter who the goaltender is, whether it's Thompson or Leonard or anybody else, when a goalie gives up five goals, you have no choice but to consider who might be the, the right choice for the next game. And then, Dan, just kind of your overall impressions being in the building, tracking Mark Stone, what did you think of his return to the lineup? He's still got a great stick. Yeah. He makes that one impressive steal right in front of Demko and gets a couple of cracks. Demko is ready for it and doesn't let the puck go into the goal. That pickpocket from Mark Stone we've become so accustomed to seeing. 
there were some other plays that he makes and just being in the right place at the right time. It, he's not a great skater, and he's not swift. He's not graceful as a skater, but he is so smart at positioning himself that you kind of forget that he's not a great skater at times until you watch him stride. And that stride is the thing you watch um, coming back from an injury. And as Gary points out, if he were a graceful skater, you could more easily pick out him struggling with his stride. But because he's not a graceful skater, it's a little bit harder uh, to pick out. I watched him during warm-ups. Uh, I, I can't, Ryan, I can't say that he looked himself. Yeah. Uh, again, himself is in quotes because he isn't normally a very graceful skater. But he, he didn't quite look himself from the skating side of things. And then secondly, there were a, a few too many passes that he made that were challenged by Canucks. You know, you could get into the whole game of giveaways and takeaways, and I, I put that aside. Just watching him play, attempt to make passes that were broken up or, you know, the sort of pass that he normally makes and it gets through, you know, a no-look pass between a defender's skate and stick. A lot of those did not make it through today. So I wonder if that kind of stuff, just the timing and the rhythm, I wonder if that kicks up a notch next game. I don't know how much, I mean, again, it's not like he's going to come back and be the fastest guy on the team or anywhere close to it, but I think it's the rhythm and, and getting those passes through, those kinds of plays with the puck. I think that's what I would look for in the next game. All right, Dan, as always, thanks for joining us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. We will chat with you on Thursday from Calgary. Sounds good. Thank you, Ryan. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-4 victory for the Vancouver Canucks in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. Vegas 40-29 and 5, 85 points on the year. We will get to the standings and how everything shook out tonight after a, a, a big night on the scoreboard watch for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but before we get there, the post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Today, Mark Stone was activated off of long-term injured reserve and was, at, and was able to play in the game for the Vegas Golden Knights, going on to LTIR to make that possible. Lorraine Brossois, Will Carrier, and Nolan Patrick. So for the Golden Knights, Mark Stone should be in the lineup every single night between now and the end of the season. Is that going to be enough to get into the playoffs? Time will tell, but it is a return to a little bit closer health for the Vegas Golden Knights. Full health anyway, but still, you, you need to know that based on what you saw today from Mark Stone, I, I don't think that he was 100% just in terms of being in game shape. It takes time to get there. I would expect Stone to be better on Thursday against the Calgary Flames. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go all the way back to the first period. We talked about how important it would be for the Golden Knights to start off well. Unfortunately, early power play troubles led to a Bo Horvat power play goal just a minute into the game. Quinn Hughes has it out high to the left. JT Miller dishes side of the net. Horvat scores! Power play goal! 
One minute into the game, Vancouver leads 1-0. Bo Horvat's 31st goal of the year from Alex Chason and JT Miller at 1 minute 4 seconds of the first period made it 1-0 Vancouver, a power play goal. Late in the period, the Golden Knights needing to spark their offense would get a timely goal from Alec Martinez, his first of the year. Fakes a pass left, now he gets it through to Martinez into the zone with Colasar backwards and a shot, they score! Yanmark let it rip from out high, Martinez to Colasar to Yanmark for the shot and it was right towards the net and there was a tip and I believe Gary that Alec Martinez got a piece of it. Alec Martinez, his first of the year for Matias Yanmark and Keegan Colasar at 16.59 of the first period, tied the game at one, and I thought that was massive for the Golden Knights considering the hole they put themselves in early to get to the first intermission tied was important. We'd head to the second period. The Golden Knights again needing to go to work on a penalty kill early, and once again, it's the Vancouver Canucks putting Vegas in an early hole in a period as Vasily Podkolzin would net the power play goal. Hughes a pass to the right, shot off the post, rebound, score! Podkolzin! It was a slap pass from Pedersen at the right dot into the crease. Podkolzin was there, the first win went off the left post, and Podkolzin standing in the blue ice scores his 11th goal and his first on the power play. Podkolzin's 11th of the year from Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes at 127 of the second period made it 2-1 Vancouver. Again, a power play goal. Then just 90 seconds later, Elias Pettersson's wrist shot would get saved initially by Robin Leonard. Then the puck would trickle in over the goal line and it would be a 3-1 lead for the Vancouver Canucks. Meanwhile, it's a loose puck going the other way. Pedersen works into the slot. He shoots. Glove save, and the rebound is loose. And now it is waved off. Puck is stopped. They have not blown the whistle. Now they do. I'm not sure why they blew the whistle, though. Horvat says it was in. Wes McCauley says, I have no goal. That doesn't mean it's yeah. not going to be reviewed, however. After reviewing the play, it was determined that the puck did completely cross the line. Elias Pettersson's 26th of the year from Connor Garland at 3.16 of the second period made it 3-1 Vancouver. The Golden Knights would quickly get one back, though, as Jonathan Marcheseau's shot would bounce off Michael Amadio and in. Marcheseau a shot. That is tipped into the goal. Mike Amadio in front. And the Knights are back within one. And Mike Amadio has his ninth goal, and it... Brings the Knights to within one. It's 3-2 Canucks, 15-34 to go, second period. Michael Amadio's ninth of the year from Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson at 426 in the second period made it 3-2 Vancouver. The Golden Knights would continue to push for offense in the second period, but they turned the puck over late, and Brad Richardson would finish off a two-on-one. Two-on-one the other way. Pedersen in on the left. Pedersen waits, feeds right, they score! Brad Richardson, 4-2 Vancouver. Fourth of the year for Brad Richardson from Elias Pettersson at 13.03 of the second period made it 4-2 Vancouver. So for the Golden Knights, you understand what the assignment is going into the third period. You've got to find a way to chip away. And early on in the period, the Golden Knights would push the pace and Shea Theodore would get Vegas to within one. Martinez tracks it down at center. Cross to the right, Theodore into the zone to Donoff. Yanks it behind himself down into the right corner. Joined by Carlson. 
Dodonoff emerging on the left. He sends it in front off a skate. Theodore scores! Shea finds the loose puck off a of carom at the right circle. Vegas within a goal. 12th goal of the year for Shea Theodore from Evgeny Dodonov and Alec Martinez at 5.27 in the third period. Made it 4-3 Vancouver. Late in the game with the Golden Knights continuing to push and just one goal away from tying it up. Robin Leonard would have to make some big-time saves to keep the Golden Knights in it. Here he is with our AAA insurance save of the game. Canucks coming in on the right side. Wraparound opportunity for Garland. Martinez rims him off. Centering pass, though. Pedersen put it on. Leonard makes a big save. That save of the game is brought to you by AAA. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you out smart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So that Robin Leonard save would set up an opportunity for the Golden Knights to tie the game with the extra attacker. And who else but Shea Theodore with his second goal of the period. Pass goes to Marchessault, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go, Theodore scores his second of the period, 4-4 tie! 13th of the year for Shea Theodore from Alex Petrangelo and Jack Eichel at 19-18 in the third period, tied the game at four, and we would head to overtime. And in overtime, the Canucks, they were the team that pushed the pace, they took it over, and Quinn Hughes would net a rebound to win the game. Here's Quinn Hughes out at the right point. Deals left. He's got Garland. Accelerates right circle. He shoots, stick save, and the rebound is free. They score! Vancouver in overtime. Garland got to the net. Hughes whirled around on his backhand and lifted it over Leonard's pad. 5-4 Canucks a minute into the extra period. Sixth goal of the year for Quinn Hughes from Connor Garland and Bo Horvat won the game at 51 seconds of overtime. 5-4, the final score of the Vancouver Canucks defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance postgame show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Don't miss the first concert at the Dollar Loan Center as Billboard chart-topping country star Easton Corbin and friends headline the Dollar Loan Center housewarming party on Friday, April 29th. Tickets start at just $25 and a VIP package is also available for the ultimate experience at this celebration of country music. Visit thedollarloancenter.com for details on this landmark event at Henderson's newest entertainment venue. It's the AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. And for the Golden Knights, I, you're fortunate, right, to get a point out of this game, but... This is points left on the table. It, it just simply is. And, you know, again, it didn't look like Vegas was going to pick anything up. So you're, you're, you're going to take what you can get out of this one, especially when you look at kind of everything in totality. Robin Leonard did not have a strong game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And we all know, if you've listened to this show, if you've listened to the extended postgame show, you know 
that I'm going to sit here and tell you that most goals traditionally aren't necessarily on the goaltender. There are breakdowns that happen, but goaltenders are paid to stop the puck. And goaltenders specifically need to look comfortable. For me, Robin Leonard did not look comfortable in this game. Were the Golden Knights over to, able to overcome it for the most part? Yes, because you get a point out of a game in which your goaltender allows five. But I am interested to see what ends up happening on Thursday against Calgary. And I just don't think Robin Leonard's 100%. That's just kind of where I'm at. I, I just don't think he's making the reads that he usually does if he's trusting in everything else. But I think if you're the Golden Knights and you've got Robin Leonard available to you, he's your number one, he's going to go. I do think that Dan brought up an interesting point in that the Edmonton game is an early start on Saturday. Does that get Logan Thompson into a game? Do you see if Logan can kind of continue to capture that magic? And if so, what does that do for the Golden Knights in the final two weeks of the season? There's big-time questions there. Now... Let's take a look at the standings and where the Golden Knights are after tonight's action. Vegas does have a game in hand on the LA Kings, but the Kings are now three points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. That means that even if the Golden Knights win the game that they have in hand and everything else is equal between the two clubs down the stretch, Vegas comes up one point short of the Los Angeles Kings. So it's a costly point to lose here in a game you probably penciled in thinking that the Golden Knights could win, should win on this road trip. Now it becomes more difficult because you need points out of Calgary and Edmonton. There's no two ways about it. You need points out of those two games if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, the saving grace here is that the LA Kings do play the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. So you pencil that one in for Colorado because, frankly, Colorado doesn't lose ever. And it's at home, so that's even more difficult for the Los Angeles Kings, but we'll see kind of how the scoreboard shakes out for the Golden Knights tomorrow. Then you look at the wild card. Nashville, they won tonight, 89 points on the year. Dallas, they won tonight, 88 points on the year. So Dallas, three points up on Vegas with a game in hand, and Nashville, four points up on Vegas with a game in hand. Again, the most likely outcome for the Golden Knights to make the playoffs is to catch the Los Angeles Kings, and right now, not getting two points out of this one. It doesn't allow the Golden Knights to control their destiny down the stretch, and that was what is was at stake tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. Vegas 40-29-5, and 85 points on the year. And now, three back of the Los Angeles Kings with one game in hand over the final eight games for the Vegas Golden Knights. L.A. is next in action tomorrow night against Colorado, and then Vegas takes on Calgary on Thursday at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock pregame show. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. Frankly, the Golden Knights put themselves in a hole early because their penalty kill could not bail them out to start the game. Then, 
Another special teams goal for the Vancouver Canucks allowed them to take a lead in the second period, and the Golden Knights trailed all night long. Couple that with the fact that the Golden Knights are 0 for their last 18 power play opportunities. They had two power play opportunities in the third period to cut that lead or take a lead in the game, and they went over the Golden Knights power play and special teams to me the difference in this game. Vancouver got power play goals. Vegas struggled to get shots on their power plays, and that was the difference in the game. That game's played five on five. No penalties are called. I think the Golden Knights have a different fate in this one, but the fact of the matter is you need your power play to bail you out. We've talked about it over the final ten games, needing five power play goals to help you win some games. Right now, over the two that the Golden Knights have played in their final ten, Ofer. That's going to have to change on Thursday against the Calgary Flames. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Post Game Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Our local coverage continues next with game highlights, interviews, and your phone call at 702-876-1340. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. Vegas does pick up a point in a game where late in regulation it didn't look like they were going to get to overtime so you'll take the point for sure but it takes Vegas out of a situation where they could have controlled their destiny down the stretch now sitting three points back of the LA Kings with a game in hand once again your scoreboard watching if you're Vegas as the Kings take on the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. A loss for LA allows Vegas with two games in hand and they're gonna have to take care of business in those games. It gives them an opportunity to control their own fate down the stretch. But tonight felt like a missed opportunity and one in which I thought the Golden Knights would have a little bit more. You get Mark Stone back into the lineup, I just thought you'd have a little bit more. You'd be a little bit more detailed in your execution and right now that wasn't the case for the Vegas Golden Knights and you know you wonder where Mark Stone's health is at is he close to 100% is it good enough to play and not 100% same thing with Max Pacioretty what do you do with the Lions offensively the Golden Knights didn't really get going until the third period and then you know I'll sit here and we can talk about the power play all post game show long and I get it. You're bringing in Mark Stone. You're, you're kind of reintegrating him into the situation, but Mark Stone's been back for one game. The Golden Knights have been 0 for 18 over the last seven games. So the power play needs to be something the Golden Knights can lean on, something that can buoy them to some wins, and there's really no two ways about it. You need three or four points out of the next two games. You need three or four points out of Calgary and Edmonton for the Golden Knights regardless of what the Los Angeles Kings do because 
the bad news with L.A., in spite of the fact that they're going to be without Drew Doughty for the rest of the season, Colorado tomorrow is the last playoff team that the Los Angeles Kings will play this year. The rest of their schedule, all against teams that are below the playoff cut line and will be below the playoff cut line for the rest of the season. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. It's your post-game show. We can go whatever direction you want to. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, Ryan Wallace, you've done too good of a job tonight. You've left us very little wiggle room to talk about anything new and interesting. I guess putting a spin on some of the things that you've already told us and and accurately done so is that, uh, for one thing, it's not the power play specifically. Obviously, you've got to score on the power play. Everybody knows that. What I heard was a statistic, and correct me if I'm wrong, that on the last 15 power plays, we've had 14 total shots on goal. Was that accurate? That it, it, that sounds accurate to me because the Golden Knights have not been um, in control of the puck very much on their power plays. If and I'll be honest with you, if that's if that's coming from from one of the broadcasts, whether it be Dave Gosher or Dan Duva, I can guarantee that stat is right. Okay, so my point is, when you get to a uh, that juncture and it's 14 shots in 15 power plays. Isn't that more about structure? Because you could have bad puck luck. You could put a lot of shots on net and just not connect. But something's wrong with the structure of the power play, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're what you're finding with the Golden Knights and, and what's been the case for this power play for a while now is this team wants to pass the puck into the net, right? Like, this team wants to create plays in which they just find tap-in goals. But what you're not getting are those seam passes to open up those backdoor tap-ins. So when the Golden Knights do get a pass through the box, it seems to surprise the players when it happens, and then you're not ripping shots. Like when mm-hmm. you get when you get the ability to go and change sides of the rink, it's almost like once that happens, the Golden Knights are, are unable to capitalize on it because either the puck bobbles or they're just not ready for it. They're not, they're not into that play. And, yeah, I mean, I think that the way it's kind of built with Jack Eichel kind of operating there off that half wall and it becoming very stagnant in Jack Eichel is going to be the guy that try to make that pass, and if it doesn't work, it's not going to work. I think that's going to be kind of the issue. I don't think there's enough movement away from the puck for the Vegas Golden Knights. And at times, it doesn't really seem like the power play is operating through a situation or a player where it's going to create the most uh, confusion in front of the net. So I think it's stagnant. I think it's predictable. And I think the fact that they're not able to find any seams is really the biggest issue because without seams, you're not going to get through defenders. Okay. Now, the other thing is, obviously, Robin Leonard, and you've already pointed it out, there's no reason to beat that horse in terms of him not being maybe 100%. Here's the thing that concerns me more, perhaps. His ability to catch the puck, and there are a lot of goalies who use that glove judiciously. It seems to me he does not use his glove very well. So... That's, that's, you're not wrong, Mike. You're not wrong in pointing out that for Robin this year, 
catching pucks seems to be one of those things where, you know, he'll miss, right? Like the, the puck will hit the outside of his glove and then it becomes a rebound situation and then you're, you're kind of scrambling trying to find the play. Ordinarily, throughout his career, Robin Leonard's been perfectly fine catching pucks. I do wonder if the shoulder's bothering him or if that's what's leading to situations where he's not where he needs to be with his glove. Um, I, I don't get the sense that he's going to throw an excuse out there. I don't get the sense that anyone's going to sit there and say that. But to me, from a comfortability factor, I just don't see it right now with Robin. He seems uncomfortable in his net. And for a goaltender that has made his career on sitting back, reading plays, and trusting in where he's at, his positioning and his angles, he doesn't seem to be trusting that. And that, to me, feels like an indicator that he's not particularly comfortable or not 100%. Well, if we run out of time, it won't be this week. We'll still have a shot, and until they throw dirt on our heads and say it's mathematically impossible, we're all going to be here, I can assure you. All right, fantastic stuff. Thanks for the call, Mike. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us here on the extended postgame show. Vegas needs three or four or four. I mean, like I'm not going to sneeze at four over the course of the next two games, Calgary and Edmonton, but at least three or four to make this a successful road trip. 702-876-1340. What do you think? Do you get it? Do they get it? Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So uh, I, I I think they can get it. I hope they can get it. Um, it was promising to see that Stone looked pretty decent out there and was still able to snag a few pucks away from uh, the Canucks. So that was promising. But I do want to talk about, and I think I said it in response to one of Mike's calls a week or two ago, that, you know, just... How many players do we have out there that are injured that if the team wasn't already so decimated by injury, wouldn't be playing? Because I I don't want to, like, harp on Robin Leonard. or It just, you're, he doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. There's been so many times that he's been just slow to get up. And it's not that he looks like a bad goalie out there. It looks like he is in pain or or, I don't know if necessarily in pain is the right word, but just like, He's fighting it to be out there. Yeah, so, he's hampered, yeah. right? Right. He, he looks hampered when he's playing. Yeah. Like, it, it looks like, you know, instead of a, you know, NHL caliber goalie that's out there, he looks like he's almost a, like, a, like an e-bug that's been thrown out there that is really good at what he does, but is just not where he needs to be to be able to play. And I really, I just, I feel like it's a huge part of how many injuries we've had that everybody on the team feels like if they are even able to play, they want to get back in there. And we've seen it with, you know, everybody coming back from injuries and injuries reoccurring. And so, gosh, I just feel so bad for everybody that's having to go out there and play hurt because it's, you know, how many that we know that have come back from an injury probably earlier than they should in addition to how many that just haven't gone out that have been hurt because there's nobody to replace them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're at game 73 tonight, so the likelihood that anybody is, is 100% probably 
and uh, not accurate. But I, I like I think your point's well taken in that you you have players that are prideful. You have players that want to play through things. And then as a coaching staff, like if you're head coach Pete DeBoer, right, like you're weighing what is 85% Mark Stone or 80% Mark Stone compared to 100% Jonas Ronbjerg or 100% Matthias Janmark in this application of this situation. And I think the fact of the matter is that it's not, it's not that you're you, – you applaud and you understand – why players want to play in these games. You understand why Mark Stone, as the captain of this team and the leader, wants to play down the stretch. And I still think that an 85 or an 80% Mark Stone gives you more of what you're going to need over the final eight games than what Jonas Ronbjerg's been able to do for you or Jake LeCision or whoever is out of the lineup to make that space. But to pretend like I think we we kind of talk ourselves into prior to a game that Mark Stone's at full health, 100%, best he's ever been. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. And I think we can say the same thing perhaps for Max Pacioretty, for Robin Leonard, and really anybody that's come back from injury. Thank you for the call, Stephanie. I, oh, I just, um, can I, I add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Um, I was one, of, one of the other things I wanted to say, too, just because the injuries have been so bad and snowballs, I worry, too, that part of the injuries continuing and continuing and continuing is instead of being able to sit out those couple of extra games, they're all rushing back instead of instead of coming back at 100%, they're coming back at 85, 90%. And it's just degrading back down instead of getting them where they need to be. It's just, it's all snowballed so bad. Yeah, it, it really has. And, and again, thank you for the call. I you know, I talked about it in the pregame show, and, and I, I don't know how this is going to be received after a loss, after an overtime loss for the Vegas Golden Knights, but when you factor in the injuries and really the level of players out of the lineup for the majority of the season, to be in a position chasing down a playoff spot this late in the season is massive. It is an accomplishment. It's not what you wanted or expected as a fan of the Golden Knights going into the season when you have playoff aspirations or cup aspirations. But given the season and what cards have been dealt to the Golden Knights, being in this position is in and of itself an accomplishment. That doesn't mean that the players are happy about it. It doesn't mean that they're settling for this. But it is speaking volumes to the depth within the organization that they're still in a position to actually challenge for the playoffs with all the injuries they've dealt with all season long. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Well, I'm okay. I could be better. Yeah. First of all, about the one point, we did leave one on the table, and that may hurt us in the end. Yeah. But on the other side... That one point might be the one that puts us in front. So, you know, it's not what I wanted, but one point's good. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit. Love you, Stephanie. But I don't know that Mark Stone's not 100%. It's his first game back. Only yeah. second for Apaches. We got to give him a couple of games to get in the swing. They weren't going to come back and do a hat trick. I mean... I know you talked about it before the game and said it'd be fine, but uh, 
I, I don't know. They may not be 100%, but we still got to give them time to get in the swing. Uh, second of all, all the people that were saying at the second intermission, throw in the towel, we're not going to the playoff. I hate you. Well, I don't hate because that's bad, but I don't like you. And third, I say we get a power play in Calgary. I'm calling it now. That's all I got. It's, it's a game that's over. Yeah, we got to move on. Rita, you're you're the best. Honestly, thank you for the call. Always a slice of optimism when it comes to Rita and her phone calls here on the Extended Post Game Show. A couple of things. I I don't generally think that Mark Stone or Max Pacioretty are a hundred percent, but I I think your point's well taken. Again, even at eighty or eighty-five percent or ninety percent, they're elite players. So you do need to give them time to get into the swing of things. I thought Mark Stone had flashes, but you want to see those flashes more often. I think he'll be better in Calgary for sure. And as these games wear on, he'll be better. But the margin for error is so small right now for the Golden Knights that you you need to expedite that process any any way you can. Uh, And then call in the power play goal. I love it. I love it, Rita. Thank you for bringing the positivity. Um, especially knowing where I know you've been at times this year on the power play. That's huge and good positive vibes for the Golden Knights going into Thursday's game. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break. It's the extended postgame show of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. Vegas takes on Calgary Thursday at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock pregame show. The Vegas Golden Knights have two more games on this road trip, Calgary and then Edmonton on Saturday. And you have to think after just picking up one point in tonight's game, they will need three of those four against Calgary and Edmonton. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? Hey, Ryan. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be as positive as, as Rita was, but she had a great phone call. And Boy, I got to tell you, when, when the Shea Theodore goal went in, you, it was the highest of highs, and then when they scored, it was like the lowest of lows. Yeah. But I, I kind of got a question that leads into a question or maybe even a scenario for you. Okay. Um, and the leadoff is, it, it, it's fair to say that Vancouver most likely won't make the playoffs, correct? I, I don't think that the Vancouver Canucks are going to make the playoffs. They've got 82 points in 74 games, so they are six back of Dallas. Dallas with a game in hand. I, I don't see it. Like They have to win out and, and get a lot of help, uh, but right. this is a team that's pushing. So, so here's my question on how that pertains to the Golden Knights. It was it was really frustrating to see us give up five goals tonight to a bottom four team in the Pacific. And my thing is, and I know we're talking about it a lot, is how either Leonard's not a hundred percent or or he's, or he's injured. But it, I mean, in my opinion, Ryan, he's looked like this all year. And if he's injured, that's fine. It's it, totally fine with me. But why not choose Logan Thompson, a guy that was on an absolute roll for a few games there, and then we just shut him down and just booted him out almost. If we can't beat Vancouver, what it, I mean, what has to change to beat two of the hottest teams in the NHL right now in Calgary and Edmonton and on the road? That, that's, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I think it's a fair point because Logan Thompson had won a lot of games, right? Like he was kind of the catalyst for the Golden Knights going on a five-game win streak. However, Logan Thompson's played 12 games in the NHL. I think that's the number that we're at right now. And, you know, when you're looking at having to go into Calgary, a place that the Golden Knights do not traditionally play well in and do not win very many games in, regardless of who's been in goal for them, uh, I think that's a big ask for a guy that's got a handful of NHL games especially when you kind of factor in, yeah, against Seattle, Logan Thompson was lights out. He was fantastic. But this is also a goaltender that gave up four goals to Chicago, and I think we'd all agree that the Chicago Blackhawks are not very good. He gave up uh, three to, to Winnipeg. Like Logan Thompson wasn't infallible, but he was picking up wins. And I don't disagree with your premise in that if you're looking at Robin Leonard right now and you're looking at him not looking particularly comfortable or feeling particularly comfortable in his game why not go back to the hot hand why not go back to the guy that was winning hockey games I don't know that that's the wrong answer I just think that if you're playing for your playoff lives you're probably going to lean to the guy or shade to the guy that's got 300 ish games or 200 ish games in the NHL as opposed to one that's just got 12. And I I see where you're coming from with that Ryan but I, I mean you look at what kind of what we did with Brassois earlier in the year when he when he was kind of on that role and then he got shut down and obviously he ended up having the injury and now he's on the LTIR. But it, it, it's kind of, it's just really funny how last year we, we make the decision or I guess the beginning of this year they make the decision to do away with Flurry and I'm again I'm not going to go ahead and say that was the right answer or the wrong answer for that matter. But huh. it, the reason behind that was was the whole goalie controversy, right? Well, I, right now, sitting where we are in the standings, I would have much rather had that same goalie controversy than where we are right now, three points behind the Kings and looking uh, in the rearview mirror. Can I, can I push back a minute here, Blake? It's not the goalie yeah. controversy. It was $12 million in goaltending. Right? It, like it, it was. was but, it was, pay, it was they, paying $12 million I mean, they, in goaltending. They went out and got pieces like Jack Eichel and Petrangelo and, and, and pieces like that, I mean – if you want to make if you want to make the goaltending argument, I mean, they went to the Western Conference Final last year. Yeah, but they were a scorer short, right? So like this team beefs up with Jack Eichel and Evgeny Dodonov in the off season, and your hope is that if you're not injured, you get to the playoffs. And now you've got not twelve million dollars or seven million and five million sitting on the bench, but you've got Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Riley Smith and all these complimented players that you think take you over the top instead of having seven or five million dollars sitting on the bench you have that now on the ice every single night in the playoffs yeah unfortunately but, the thing you can't account for is the injuries right. that have happened this year so say th- thank you for the call Blake I, like I, I I'm I, I'm not necessarily sitting here saying that you don't go with Logan Thompson on Thursday I just think that to your first question and, and the, the question that you were asking is why are you going with Robin Leonard here because Robin Leonard's got 361 games of NHL experience versus 12 for Logan Thompson. I think you trust that a little bit more in a big-time game where you need saves. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Fernando. Hey, Fernando, how you doing? Doing okay, Ryan. Um, well, tonight's game, it was 9 on 5. Because right from the get-go in the first period, they called that tiki-tack uh, penalty on Alex Pantangelo. And I've seen worse. 
They don't call nothing. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to subscribe to that. It's, it's not nine on five. The refs didn't cost the Golden Knights in this game. They had two power play opportunities in the third period that they could have done something with, and they didn't. Oh, that's a bummer. I thought you were going to fight back, Fernando. Anyway. <laughs> and then the, um, the second one, the um, sportsman like on Max Petretti. I know he put the stick to the guy's neck. And then in the, in the yeah, overtime, number 43, pushed Ico in the back. Again, no call on that. Again, so, it, they, the, there, it was three power plays apiece. It, like, if you want to complain about penalties and, and referees, um, the Golden Knights should have had more than just a couple of shots on their three power play opportunities. Like, you want to talk difference in the game, it's the Golden Knights' inability to come through on the power play. Like, if, if the Golden Knights get two more power play calls, do you think the game's different? All right. I, I'm not going to sit here and blame this one on the, on, on the referees. I, I'm not. It's playoff hockey. These are going to be things that happen. If you get to the playoffs, you're not going to get calls. You're going to have moments in a game, late in a game, where referees don't want to decide it. I don't necessarily like it, but that's the way hockey is. It is what it is. Uh, the Golden Knights did not lose this game because of referees tonight. That, that's not something that happened. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, wrapping it up here. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Vancouver Canucks 5-4 in overtime. Vegas picks up a point, but leaving one on the table, that's going to be costly. Now, you can follow it up with a, a big two point against Calgary on Thursday and then if you're able to get three or four of the next two of the next four on this road trip it still ends up being a good road trip and the Golden Knights can put themselves in a good position especially depending on what LA does tomorrow night against Colorado in Colorado Vegas 40 29 and 5 85 points on the year three back of the Los Angeles Kings with one game in hand as we mentioned the Golden Knights will take on the Calgary Flames Thursday at six o'clock 5 o'clock pregame show. That's going to do it for us here on the Extended Postgame Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson for making sure everything sounds fantastic. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your postgame show. It's not as much fun without your input. Until Thursday, have a great night, everybody. We will chat with you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Extended Golden Knights Postgame Show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.